and back with the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast. It is once again Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. He is the guru <laughs> of fantasy football. You got to check out everything that he's doing at the Facebook group, Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast, and our weekly shows, which air on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and over 30 more podcast outlets. And of course, you always get snippets right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos show and our Friday show, the PCC Multiverse as well. But, you know, those full episodes, you get more of them. That's right. You get more wisdom. You get more knowledge. You get more things that, that are passed down from fantasy owner to fantasy owner. Like you from get, generation to generation. You get more guru. You get more bang for your buck. You get more guru for your dollar when you listen to the full episode that plays on the Pop Culture Cosmos. But it is my good friend. It is Tyler Baker. What's going on, man? It was kind of ugly. A couple of the uh, high-powered teams, a couple of them put up points for you. But there was just a lot of... Week 5 was like a... was just like a... a just a drudging uh, bog <laughs> of fantasy, um, even though we did see another overtime game this week. But a lot of overtime games this season, it seems like a little bit more than we've seen in years past. Well, this leads me to my first question to ask you, and this does affect fantasy football owners because it leaves them kind of scratching their heads on where to turn to next for players that will actually produce points. I know we make a lot about how the defenses are handcuffed in the NFL. I know we talk a lot about the replays and the tackling and the, and where do you tackle? What can you tackle Mm -hmm. that it all favors the quarterback and it, and it always favors the offensive side of things, Mm -hmm. but it's times like these and it's weekends like these that make you think maybe they're not doing enough because defenses (laughs) are still finding a way to go ahead and prosper in the NFL. Things always seem to even out. I know Andy Dalton has been really hot this year. He kind of came back down to earth. And you're seeing that from some of these quarterbacks that, you know, they just get on streaks and then uh, defenses kind of figure out what they like to do. And things always seem to come out in the wash. Tom Brady started out slow. Now he's putting up numbers. I mean, there's certain quarterbacks that, well, let's take Aaron Rodgers, you know, with the knee injury has been putting up very good numbers. And today, you know, he throws for 400 some yards, a bunch of touchdowns. They don't win the game. And he does it with some no-name receivers. Adams ended up playing today, but then he had a couple of rookies who I have so much trouble pronouncing both of their names. But, you know, things things kind of even out. I did get a chance to watch the Kansas City-Jacksonville game today. And I'll tell you, Patrick Mahomes, he might not have put up stellar numbers, but he is playing some of the best football that I've seen. I mean, the kid is absolutely on fire. His arm is unbelievable. And he has so many weapons around him. I mean, Travis Kelsey is just a beast. Tyree Kill, no, nobody can do what Tyree Kill does. But um, he is human. He is human because <laughs> today he actually threw to the other team. For the like, first time. For the first time. For the first time. Threw two interceptions. But he, at this point in time, he is still the premier player in fantasy football, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, absolutely. If you have him in Dynasty, you are absolutely ecstatic right now. 
I mean, Mahomes last week played a really good Denver defense. And again, not eye-popping numbers, but just his play on the field was really, really good. They host Jacksonville today. And I mean, Jacksonville's defense is a legitimately really good defense. And he was making really smart plays. Yeah, he had a couple of interceptions his first of the year. But you see him spreading the ball around. Sammy Watkins was healthy. That was good. But this offense is just 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 very very potent and their defense it looks like it, they they might be putting some things together earlier in this season they were just terrible at tackling you know just the fundamentals of tackling i didn't see a lot of that today so if they can continue to improve on defense i think that this is probably the best team in the afc but we won't talk about the many teams that were not so fun to watch this weekend in the NFL because it really was a little bit of a slow time period when it comes to, like I said, uh, a lot of the defenses held firm this weekend. A lot of the offenses seemed to lack imagination and variance in their offensive schemes from what I was watching. Just not a lot going on there with a lot of teams and I could just go from the Raiders to the Cowboys, the Titans, the Bills, the Texans, you know, just on down the list, all these teams that scored in the teens or below, it just really was kind of just disappointing how they went ahead and, and laid everything out. Because like I said before, the defenses right now are primed to go ahead and be almost kind of handcuffed the way the rules are laid out in the NFL. Yeah, it's tough, but the players are beginning to adapt. How guys are tackling the quarterback, they're starting to be careful about these things. Now, you will run into some issues, especially in the secondary, and if you saw the the Dallas game, sometimes it just happens so quickly downfield that it's hard not to get those, you know, hitting a defensive receiver calls and things like that. It is difficult for defensive players, but they're starting to adjust. The league came out and the referees really set a tone at the beginning of the season. You could see from some of the Clay Matthews calls, you know, they kind of set the tone and now they're allowing defenses to catch up to what the league wants to see. And, you know, it's all about player safety and they will adapt. I did see the Steelers game and we had talked about the Falcons going into Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh's defense seems to be putting some things together. And that's really important for them because that NFC North division is, is going to be a tough one. And both of these teams needed a win. Steelers pulled it out and oh my gosh, James Connor, they gave him the ball early and they gave him the ball a lot. And he did a lot of really good things today. We'll be right back with more of the fantasy football podcast looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game then check out biter brace high performance gamer wristbands packed with the power of fruit seed oil biter brace is clinically proven to help improve performance giving you a better gaming experience head to miraclefruitoil.com and use the promo code media 10 to get ten dollars off your biter brace purchase whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speed run or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. Once again, it is Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast. Full episodes are available each and every week. They pop right around the Wednesday mark when it comes to the Fantasy Football Pater podcast 
on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and over 30 different podcast networks. My friend, I just want to ask you something that we don't really focus on too much unless you're laughing at Jared Cook is the <laughs> tight end position. It's like, miserable. Like, you like laughing at Jared Cook. Uh, I know. always seems to be a good source of conversation for you <laughs> for various reasons. Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan, but he's made me a lot of points. I'll sure. tell you that for both sure. my teams. The tight end position seems to be especially barren this year. I know we talked about Travis Kelsey. I know we mm -hmm. talked about Jared Cook, which is, like I said, not one of your favorites, but still producing at a high level. Where do people need to reach out to when it comes to the tight end position? Because there was only a very small amount of good performances from the tight end position. Mm -hmm. I know there's Eric Ebron in Indianapolis, but after that, it really gets kind of hard to determine exactly after him, Cook, Kelsey, Gronkowski, that there's really not a whole lot to offer after that because there's a lot of disappointments when it comes to the tight end position. Yeah, and even if you spent that second round pick on Gronkowski, which you had to in a draft, if you were going to get him, maybe he fell to the third. Even he's been kind of pedestrian. You know, he hasn't had those really big games for you. It's really been Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, you know, are just really important parts of that offense. And then in Oakland, you know, Gruden has decided that Jared Cook is this great player that they have to force feed the ball to, and it's working for him. Well, you know, I don't that, know if it's working for them because they don't exactly have the most sterling of records at this point. <laughs> well, well, it's it's working for fantasy purposes. You're right, though. You're, and, may, and maybe that's why they're an awful team because they're relying on Jared Cook for, <laughs> for their offensive production. But even Eric Ebron, in, in that game on Thursday, one of the first passes thrown to him, he just, he just drops it, which is what Ebron's been known for. But, <laughs> I mean... Poor Andrew Luck just doesn't have anybody to throw to. I mean, without T.Y. Hilton, I mean, Ryan Grant, you know, like there's just there's just a lot of guys on that team that probably shouldn't be out there. But he trusts Ebron. And a lot of times with the quarterback, that's what matters. Does he trust you? And, you know, Ebron's in a good situation until Jack Doyle comes back, which I'm not exactly sure when that'll be. But but as far as, you know, finding somebody at the tight end position, good luck. It's tough. I mean, Austin Hooper has been available on a lot of waiver wires. Today, he had a big day. He had a really big day. But I don't know if that's if that production is something that you can really count on. I was high on Vance McDonald, and I picked him up a couple leagues and played him, and he he did just about next to nothing today. I think that'll change the next time they play. So there's only a couple of tight ends that are really important parts of their offense. I still have hopes for Hayden Hurst, the rookie there in Baltimore. He did play. I think he only caught one pass, but he did play. He is definitely the best tight end that they have, but they have like three or four tight ends. We know Flacco likes going to him, uh, going going to the tight end position. I know Hayden Hurst is going to pop. I just don't know how much you can play him until we actually see it from him. So if you're at the point where you're kind of streaming tight ends and maybe you have a roster, a bench, I would take a chance on Hayden Hurst because I think that that's a guy that you can definitely pick up that has a chance to, to be something reliable from week to week. But other than that, looking at your waiver wire, I mean, good luck. You know, I mean, but there's guys like Ben Watson who's going to have a good game for you every once in a while. 
you know, maybe Austin Safarian Jenkins, when he's not dropping touchdowns like you did today, maybe he'll have a good week for you. But if you're talking about steady production, it's just, it's miserable right now at tight end. It is. And there's very few choices that you can go ahead and pick up from the waiver wire. My suggestion is try, and that's also goes for any of the things that I was talking about earlier with the Kansas City Chiefs, is that take a look at some of the less fortunate teams that are out there in your league. Try to pitch a trade if they're active at this point in time, because they may be on the verge of not being so active. This is about the time you should start thinking about trades within your league. And my first suggestion would be to target those less fortunate teams, those teams that are not having the best of records and trying to go ahead and shore up some small pieces on your starting lineup with some bench pieces you don't utilize that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, George Kittle would be a good uh, a trade target. You know, he's he's putting up consistent enough numbers that you can play him every week. And I think the potential is there that he can have big weeks. And he's one to think of. And then there's still like the David Njoku who, you know, if he finds himself, you know, in, in a rhythm with Mayfield that, you know, he could be somebody. I wouldn't look for a whole lot coming out of Cincinnati. I mean, there's CJ Uzmanzada or Tyler Croft, but, you know, we've seen these guys in this offense before. I think CJ, he has a better shot than Croft. But like I said last week, I think Tyler Boyd more fills that void. But, you know, there's just not a lot out there in Pittsburgh. I do like Vance McDonald over Jesse James, but we saw today that Jesse James is still going to get looks. I don't trust anything that's going on in New York as far as the Giants are concerned until Evan Ingram comes back. Hey, this is a risky pickup, but Greg Olson, he's been at practice. I don't know when he's going to play. They're kind of eyeing week seven, but that is a really risky proposition because he missed a lot of last year with a foot injury. He comes in week one, hurts the same foot. So even even if you get him, even if he plays, there's a really high injury risk there. But as we saw, Devin Funches is is just not a good receiver. And Cam Newton, if if he gets that big target that he trusts, he's going to use him. Cam likes the bigger targets. He likes to throw it high to the big targets. So maybe take a chance on Greg Olson. But again, it's it's going to be risky because who knows how long that that foot's going to last for him. But other than that, you know, there's some guys like Ricky Seals Jones in Arizona. If he can develop that rapport with Rosen, you know, maybe we'll get something out of him. But I do like that Christian Kirk, Josh Rosen thing going on. I think that's only going to continue to grow. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, there's just not a whole lot. I did see that Ryan Griffin there in Houston got got quite a few targets. Wasn't overly impressed by what he did with them and considering the other options that they have there to throw to. I don't know how much he gets involved. Now, Tampa Bay is coming off their bye. And Jameis Winston has shown in the past that he prefers Cameron Brait over O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard, I think, is still injured. I don't know if he'll come back after their bye. So, you know, maybe Cameron Brait's out there. But, yeah, the tight end position is just its just not a good one this year. One last thing I want to touch on before I'll leave final thoughts for you, my friend, and that is the situation with wide receivers getting hurt this weekend in the NFL. And it really has to start with what most consider is the best team in the NFL, including both you and I, 
the mm-hmm. Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. They had some injuries. They have some, some, I guess, some some nicks in the armor mm-hmm. there that happened and happened this weekend with some injuries to some key receivers. Yeah, Brandon Cooks, who who I have in a lot of leagues because he was he was so undervalued going into the draft. So I have him on many, quite a few teams. He left, ended up leaving without a catch. Took a really hard hit in the second quarter. Didn't come back. Cooper Cup also went into the uh, concussion protocol. I would assume both of those guys are back next week, but you know we'll just have to see how the practice reports go. Matt Breida, running back for the San Francisco 49ers, he had an ankle injury that looked kind of bad. They had some x-rays on it. X-rays were negative. It's an ankle sprain. He might miss a week or two, but we're still going to wait and hear for that. Unless um, it's a high ankle sprain, and that could last almost break. the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, which I haven't seen anything yet about what that injury entails. I do know that Corey Grant, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, he's done for the year. He has a list Frank injury, and they are going to put him on IR. He's done. So until Leonard Fournette comes back, TJ Yeldon is going to get a lot of work. And he got a lot of work today and he looked he he looked pretty good. TJ Yeldon looked good today. So I would expect TJ Yeldon to continue a premier role in that offense for as long as Fournette is gone. Kirion Johnson got banged up in this game running back for the Detroit Lions. This doesn't look serious and they have a bye next week. So by the time they get off the bye, he should be good to go. And then those <laughs> Those Green Bay receivers, <laughs> we'll have to see what happens with them. Randall Cobb's injury is what they're calling week to week, so I wouldn't expect him back next week, but I think they'll probably get Toronto Allison back. Aaron Rodgers showing that even throwing to no-name guys, you know, he's still going to put up 400-some yards. We'll be right back with more of the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. Once again, it is Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. You got to catch his great podcast each and every week. The full episodes are now available each and every week on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and so many other various podcast outlets. Any last thoughts, my friend, on the way out? Well, it's uh, like I mentioned earlier, it's nice to see Pittsburgh, that defense starting to come together. That will be really important because they're going to need to win some games in order to be relevant in the playoff picture. Atlanta losing, you know, as good as that offense is, it's just a shame how that defense has been decimated by injuries and they're at the bottom of the of the NFC South. It's just it's just hard to see. Denver, <laughs> we could see some some changes in Denver, uh, some coaching changes with Vance Joseph there in Denver. They are really underperforming. John Elway is not the type of person that's going to keep putting up with this. We could even see a change at quarterback from Case Keenum. Denver, for as good as their defense is, they just need to get more out of their offense. So we could see some changes this week. There's already been rumblings of that, you know, so stay tuned to see what happens there. I did watch to the Giants and Eli Manning is absolutely awful. Odell Beckham is emotionally breaking down again. So there's trouble, but what they do have is Saquon Barkley, and he is so good. 
he just kind of drudged along running really well, but not, but not doing a lot on the stat sheet for a while. And then you just give him the ball that one play and, and he is gone. In fact, Odell Beckham threw him a pass. I forget how long the pass went for, but it was the longest pass of the Giants' season for 57 yards. And it was thrown by Odell Beckham Jr. to Saquon Barkley. So the poor Giants, and we talked about this with Chris last week, you know, Eli Manning just doesn't look like the Eli Manning that we've seen in the past. So until they get that quarterback situation figured out, I would not expect too much from them. It was cool to see that the that the Buffalo Bills got a win. And the Bills have this way of 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 doing enough on defense to slow down the opposing offense and somehow Josh Allen and the rest of them managed to pull wins out. So the the unlikely Buffalo Bills are actually a relevant football team, <laughs> which is which is which is pretty interesting. It is, and I oh, can take- and the and the Cleveland Browns picked up a win. So the Cleveland Browns are two, two, and one. Can you believe it? Well, I tell you what. If you would have told me that the Cleveland Browns right now, <laughs> after Week Five in the NFL, is fighting for a playoff spot, <laughs> I would have said you would have been smoking something. And I'm not sure it would be entirely legal. So it is. Something to see. I'm very happy for the fans of Cleveland to see that their team is actually very competitive. Whether or not that pans out for a playoff spot, we'll have to wait and see. But it's good to see them at least winning games, being involved in that. There's no blowouts lately. Mm -hmm. They look like a team that actually can compete with even the better teams in the NFL. So that's good to see. Glad to see some of that parity going on. Yeah, and even the games that they're losing, they're still in those games. So, that's true. Yes. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. So it's and it's funny that that we're <laughs> that we're glowing about a 500 Cleveland Browns team, but you know, at the NFL at this stage, 500 is is still very much in the hunt. That's true, and can't wait to see what the rest of the season looks like for them. Baker Mayfield looks like he's the real deal and has provided a very great lift for them and the city as well. So it looks like it's going to be some good times, at least some very competitive times Mm -hmm. for the Cleveland Browns going forward. Yeah. And, you know, Nick Chubb got his three carries again today. Hugh Jackson showing that Carlos Hyde is their bell cow and that's the guy that they want to go to. But I would expect Chubb to slowly get a bigger piece of that offense. But I just have the sneaky feeling that the Browns are going to continue to load their team with talent and get it to the point where it's just ready to take off. And then they're going to fire Hugh Jackson and bring somebody else in that can actually use the talent and say, Hey, thanks Hugh Jackson. But you know, we want to win more games. So I got a sneaky feeling that that's going to happen. And that would be a shame because he was there for all that pain and to not, <laughs> to not yeah. end up, trying to see through that all that glory that they hopefully will go through is is going to be a disappointment then indeed so yeah that that's just a shame but like i said it could happen and uh, if that's the case and they only see mediocrity and they have a stacked roster then that's obviously going to be the next thing that they're going to look at taking place yeah yeah and hopefully ninjoku he did have 11 targets six for 69 so you know talking about you know tight end and and starting to get more you know maybe he's got this thing with mayfield that is going to continue to build so if you got ninjoku you know just from a talent standpoint maybe that's a viable tight end play my friend on our friday show the pcc multiverse when you come back with some late hits that you need to know about 
just before week six in the NFL, I want to make sure and ask you about some good trade targets that are out there because this okay. is around the time that teams are starting to think about how they want to fill out their rosters for the rest of the season. And the waiver wire is becoming thinner and thinner and thinner. Active fantasy football owners are going to start targeting trades and start targeting those rosters. Like I was saying, though, they may target the less successful ones first because they may be able to get a trade better established than maybe with, with a winning owner or someone that's very active in the league. But on Friday's show, the PCC Multiverse, I would really like your thoughts on maybe about three or four trade targets that fantasy football owners need to go to and think about as far as for their next fantasy football trade, because that's something that when it happens, it happens like in a flurry about three or four trades mm -hmm. going through, and then everybody gets clammed up and bottled up for the rest of the season. So Sure. And, and well, and it's a good time to look at it because week six, you have the Lions and the Saints going on by. There's a lot of fantasy value in those two teams. But starting in week seven, you have four teams going on by. Week seven and eight, you have four teams. And then in week nine, you have five teams on by. And so if you can find a trade partner who's maybe have some players coming that their buys are coming up and they're going to run into some difficulties there. It's a good time to say, Hey, you give me this guy, I'll give you this guy and he'll help you through the bye week. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity for trades in the, in the coming weeks. Yeah. So, so Friday we'll pinpoint that. Absolutely. That's looking forward to that. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on exactly who people need to target with their next fantasy football trade. So Tyler, my friend, it's been a great episode. If you have any questions for Tyler, you can always email us at popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But also a great place to go is the Facebook group, Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Tyler's there with over 200 other fantasy football fans that are out there. You throw out your, your trade requests, you throw out waiver wire requests, lineup changes, anything that suggestions or questions that you might have there or you can also direct message him and share your thoughts and ask him for his insight on all those trades and transactions that you might want to keep a secret because there might be prying eyes around <laughs> almost like that hollow note song private eyes are watching you. okay sorry anyways they see your every move <laughs> Only on a pop culture cosmos can you get me singing private eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, if you want to direct message me, that's cool. Nobody will know but me, you, and the NSA. <laughs> no comment. No comment. I'm nowhere being watched right now. I've got hey, I've got a cam on. I've got a cam on. You know they're watching me. But Tyler, it's always great having you on the show, my friend. Always great for you passing on that knowledge as the man behind the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast. Thank you so much, Tyler, for being a part of the show, part of the pop culture cosmos, and of course, right here on the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast.